Hey, aloha and welcome to the 36th edition of Coffee with Coach. Hey, we're dealing with some uh, internet challenges, which is what happens when you live in the jungle, like I do. And uh, we're way out here on this rock in the middle of the ocean. And so sometimes the internet isn't, isn't quite so good. But Michael, tell me what is going on on your rock in the middle of the ocean. Well, Jeff, I you know back about 15 years ago, we had the same issues with Wi-Fi and I, and I, felt, I felt awful, but look, we're here, it's going out pre-recorded, whatever, but we're here, you're in Hawaii, but uh, all's good in Ireland, man, uh, we're, we're trying to get there, and do you know what, man, we're actually hoping, and we talk about this on Saturday's show, hoping we get these vaccines, and hoping we get these games in London, it's starting to look like it might happen, so hopefully. Hey, believe it, man, you gotta believe it, they're gonna get that, and it's amazing, I saw the thing in Scotland, the, the, the vaccination rollout in the UK has been outstanding, and I know it'll be the same in Ireland, so... You know, we're going to get those games, man. You just got to believe it. Hey, um, let's talk a little news and notes. Uh, and it, this is really amazing stuff. Ida Wilson, the 29th player picked in the draft by the Tennessee Titans. First round draft pick out of Georgia. And this is why the draft is the way it is, right? This guy tweets out. If you can believe this one. Talk about knucklehead of the week. This guy tweets out that he is done with football as a Titan. And then he thinks twice or his agent caught it and he pulls back the tweet. But in this day and age, obviously, with screen saving and all that stuff, it's all over the place. And now the Titans have come out and said, basically, called his bluff a little bit. And he said he's not, uh, you know, his commitment to football. This is a guy now. Let's talk about it. a guy that got drafted in the first round and played this many plays his rookie season. Four. He gets diagnosed with COVID issues before he ever signs. He gets arrested on a DUI charge, right? Plays four plays. In December, the Titans put him on the non-football injury list because he's such a pain in the ass, right? Now, if you remember back to draft day, and this is why drafting guys that, that have more to them than athletic ability is important. If you remember the scene on draft day where he's drafted, his girlfriend comes and sits his lap on, NFL, on the NFL broadcast. And then the mom comes over and basically yanks the daughter or yanks the girlfriend off the kid's lap. And when you, if you were talking, you talk about red flags, there were all over this kid. Huge, huge athlete. 350-pound kid, 6'5", the whole thing, wingspan, can do this, can do that, can do it. But you know what? They ain't worth a damn if they don't love football. And I'm going to tell you something. The Titans learned on that one. And, you know, again, the interesting thing is if he quits, if he quits now, remember, this guy is counting about two, almost $3 million against the cap, right? They would get that money back. Plus, they could go after him for his $4 million signing bonus. So you talk about a knucklehead. He is the knucklehead, maybe of the month, but he's obviously the knucklehead of the week. Can you imagine something like that, Mike? That could be a new segment in the show, Jeff, at the start, knucklehead of the week. Uh, look, you're, you're spot on, man. At the end of the day, like you think of the amount of guys that take their entire careers in high school and college and work so hard to even get a chance of being drafted uh, and he takes that and almost, well, you know, he did. He's ruined it. You know, a guy that a lot of people seen as almost a surprise in the first round. 
he had his issues during the season with COVID and stuff, but sometimes when you have one or two issues, that guy picks himself up. Not in this case. I seen that tweet this morning, and I was like, oh, man, here we go. So I started the silly season, Jeff. I'm just going to tell you. This is, I'm going to say this right now. So it's out there publicly. If you quit, we are not giving back your five-pound signing bonus. All right? So you're going to have to come after it. For, you know, again, we're not giving back anything so you understand what i'm saying so that's just the way it works on this show hey it's all tag season starts today teams can franchise tag their players if they uh if they choose to now remember about the franchise tag think about the franchise tag one of the things that does do is give you exclusive rights to negotiate with that player for a longer period of time Guys that I think are going to be on this front that are going to see a franchise tag, I think Dak's going to get another one. I think wide receiver from Tampa Bay, Chris Godwin, might get one. And, again, Kenny, Kenny Galladay, who I think the Lions have got to keep. He's such a, such a great young talent. Uh, I, th- I think he uh, is going to get tagged here too. Hey, yeah, let's talk about coaches. Now, it's not only players in the news. Coaches in the news. Great quote from Dan Campbell, the new head coach of the Lions. And he said that he enjoys people thinking of him as a meathead. <laughs> but he likes that. He likes the fact that people consider him a meathead. Ten years. Uh, and, and I think he, he, he kind of thinks that, that that helps him sneak up on folks a little bit. He's obviously a sharp guy. You don't, you know, you'll get, it, get to be a chance, get the chance to be head coach of the National Football League if you're a, a dumb guy. But he, he, and he said he and Spielman were laughing that people think of him as meathead meatheads and then mike tomlin has been diagnosed with COVID 19 uh he's at home resting away from the facility apparently not not uh not particularly bad but coaches and personnel people in the steel organization have had to step away from the building they'll continue to work at home remotely but just another sign mike that it's it's important that we all take care of uh social distancing wear a mask all those things they talk about Yes, sir. And obviously our thoughts are with Mike Tomlin. He seems to be coping okay at the minute. I seen his tweet yesterday saying he, he is okay and he's and he's working remotely. Hopefully he'll come back from that. It's just that time of the year. And I'm like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm buzzing. The franchise tag talk has started. What are the Cowboys gonna do, you know, with Dak Prescott? What are the Broncos gonna do with Justin Simmons? There's so like look, there's stories in every team in this league, but I just can't wait. We're getting to that point now. Give us three or four weeks when free agency starts. You've said it all week, Jeff. There's no off-season, man. Well, you're going to have to wait because we got you got to engineer this show. So go back behind the, the curtain where you do your best work. We're going to get right into our draft portion of the show with our draft guru, uh, player personnel consultant, Spencer Zimmerman. Spence, how are you doing today? Good, Jeff. Good to be on again. It's awesome to have you with us. You did a great job last week as we started to look at our top five. Which are a focus now to the big guys up front, the big nasties up front. Maybe the second most important position for an offensive football team in, the, in today's NFL as you start to build your team. We're, we're talking about the offensive tackle position. Let's go through the five offensive tackles that you like the best, Spence, and why you like them. Great. Let's let's get right to number one. Uh, former uh, Outland Trophy winner uh, Panay Sewell out of the University of Oregon. So Panay's literally has started, you know, since his first day on campus at Oregon. You know, as a redshirt freshman. And uh, the thing that jumps out to him, he's got prototype traits. He's six oh five one. He plays in the three thirties and doesn't look it. 
Um, and he's a real easy mover with great range and pass protection. He can mirror rushers. He can handle power, NFL-level power. And he's got reactive change of direction for a guy of his size, matching different moves inside, outside, in the twist game. And he's got a balance skill set on top of it. You know, he's explosive power in the run game. He creates movement at the point of attack. I mean, you see him reach and seal on outside zone and create huge lanes on that 2019 tape. You know, obviously it's to note he was a COVID opt-out. So you're looking at a guy that's played uh, two years of football, that 2018 and 2019 season, and played it at a really high level. And, and I mean, the traits with it, there's some room to grow. I mean, I see a guy that if he can clean up his hands, you know, in terms of the activity of his hands, the placement, you know, if he can get a little more consistency with his pad level and angles, you know, you see him sometimes lunging and getting caught in the run game, but he could really develop and has all the tools to, to not only develop into a really good NFL left tackle, but a high-end perennial Pro Bowl type left tackle. So I'm really excited about Panay's tape was fun. You know, when, when, when I watched him, Spence, and this is a kid that's kind of close to my heart because you know how I love Polynesian kids, right? And here's a guy who grows up born and raised in a tiny, and I mean a small, small community in uh, Samoa, moves to Salt Lake when he's 12 years old and then ends up going, going to Oregon. But, uh, you know, he's got, I think, three brothers playing college football right now. Yep. And he you know, comes from great bloodlines. What shocked me, and I mean shocked me, when I put on the tape, was how athletically how athletic he is, and you know Oregon runs all those smoke screens, and you know he has to get out and block on the perimeter. I'm talking about against Auburn. The tape was a tape I watched, and I'm telling you, I, I I was shocked again to see that big body moving like he moves. And you make a great point when you look at his physical structure; he looks like a defensive lineman. Right. not an offensive lineman, you know, right. with great big long arms and lean and just really, really great feet. The only question I have, and, and again, in terms of how fast he'll be, how good, I don't think he'll be a great player. He's got, in my opinion, gold jacket, physical attributes, right? Hall of Fame attributes. I just wonder when you look at him, how few games he's played. And again, how young he is because the strength thing against those NFL players is a, is my only concern, but that's my concern with every offensive lineman that comes into the NFL early. No doubt. That's a good point. And, and just, just to the kind of reiterate the athleticism piece, the culmination of his athleticism to me is for all the fans is if you put on that USC game, watch this USC game, there's a play where uh, the defensive end drops and he bangs. So he slides inside on the three tech to help his guard out, decletes the three tech, the quarterback throws a pick uh, to the corner and he ends up going in space, tracking down that. Sitting on that corner. It's really impressive. I mean, his athleticism. So, and that's a guy that's at three, that could have played in the three forties. They were saying in that 20, that 2019 tape. I'm going to bet you, he goes in the first three picks of the draft. That's what that's, that's how high I think of this kid. All right, go on. Who's your number two. Yeah, number two, it's an interesting one. So he's a, uh, it's going to be Rashawn Slater at a Northwestern. So Rashawn is a, a three-year starter. Um, he, again, is a COVID opt-out uh, his senior year. So his last tape was in 2019. Uh, he has experience both at right and left tackle. Started his career early as a right tackle and in the last two years played left. And here's kind of the interesting one with Rashawn is uh, the biggest thing when it comes to his pro day is going to be his height, you know, ironically is, I've seen everywhere measurements at 6028. So, so for the fans, that's 
that's a sub 6.3 measurement to all the way to 6.041, which is a little tad over 6.4. Um, it's going to be a big one to see when that gets verified at, you know, come his pro day. He's uh, 308 pounds. And the thing with Rashawn. Hey, that hey, the guy who measured him at 6.4, I want him measuring me. Because I'll be 5'11". Because <laughs> there's no way he's 6'4". Go on. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's okay. I mean, the 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 one thing that kind of comes to mind when you think about Rashawn is he's a foot athlete. You know, what do I mean by that? I mean, the initial quickness. The initial quickness in a set, getting into a set, the, the, the movement skills, sliding laterally, the range he gets in his kick. But the, the really the underrated thing that he does well for a guy that could be sub 6'3 with we're talking less than 33 inch irons, which, which in the NFL, just so everyone knows kind of that prototype we're looking at is a 34 inch minimum. So he, he's not really checking the box in that category, but the thing that sticks out to him is just the athleticism to take up to, to really short set guys and cover them up. So what I like to call is he takes away the runway. He's so good at getting lateral and getting some width in his set to take up that charge from those really wide rushing gifted defensive ends. So, so the athleticism's there. And on top of it, it's the balance. I mean, he's getting caught in positions, not being the longest guy, and he's recovering. You know, he has the core strength and balance to recover. And those are hard, hard skills to have. People aren't born with those skills. Like, you either you have them or you don't. And Rashawn's got them, and he showed it against really high-level tape in 19, going against Chase Young, going against uh, A.J. Espinenza, the Bills' second-round pick, and, and really handled them fairly well in pass protection. Uh, in the run game, you know, he's really good in space. You know, you see him move, you see him cover up uh, linebackers. I mean, the way he can cut off on the backside is really impressive and just how he can get a hat on guys in the screen game. So the movement skills are on full display in the run game. I think the question is going to come down to this for him and just what is his best fit? You know, I, I think it's really easy to say this guy can slide inside and be a garden center. But I think that's lazy a little bit because you can't disregard the quality of his tape against a guy that, you know, is, and I know it's just one game, but this is a guy that's going to be a perennial pro bowl and chase young and he handled him pretty well. So I think teams are going to be, you know, looking at that. Can he play tackle for us? I mean, he has the athleticism is the length. I, I don't think we need to really worry about the size that much because you'd know this. Well, there's, there's been a lot of sub six, three tackles, mm -hmm. not a lot, but a couple that have played well, such as Kelvin Beecham, a guy that you coached. And, but I sure. think the arm length is going to come into it. The wingspan, is that going to be forgiven enough to play out there? But listen, he's high because either way, his floor is high. He's going to plug in whatever position and he's going to play it at a high level and be a really good player. I think for a long time in the NFL. So I was, I was excited about his tape too. Well, I think there's two things about him, and you you mentioned something. I, you know, you always try and make a light comparison with guys. You know, we talk about that all the time. We used to sit in meetings and talk about that, and you and I have had many cups of coffee talking personnel. But he reminds me of Kelvin Beecham as a player. And, and you know, Kelvin, I thought, and this is my when, – when we had him at SMU, I didn't think because of his lack of length, he's 6'3", right? Now, he has longer arms maybe than Slater does, but I'm going to tell you something. I didn't think he could ever play left tackle in the National Football League because of his lack of length. And I always thought he'd be a center, if anything, because he has great quickness with his first step, much like this kid does. As a matter of fact, when I watched him play, he reminded me of Kelvin. And that's, I think that's a great light comparison. 
I don't know about guard. The thing I would worry about at guard, again, because I didn't see him in a three-point stance very much where, you know, you get in there with those 340-pound guys inside, you know, that, you're asking an awful lot of a guy that has been a tackle his whole life to convert, to go down in there and play inside. But I, I tell you what, I agree with you, Spence. I think this kid's going to play in the league for a long time, and I think he's going to play tackle in the league for a long time because of the fact he is so athletic. Just like Kelvin Beecham going into his 10th year now in the league, played for Pittsburgh and, and uh, you know, for Jacksonville, the Jets and Arizona started for every one of those teams. So he's had a great NFL career as a 6'3 tackle. All right, who's three? Okay, number three, we got uh, a guy from Virginia Tech named uh, Christian Derisaw. So Christian, again, you're going to see the theme of this. He's a three-year starter since his true freshman year, you know, at Virginia Tech. Um he did have a year of prep school at Fork Union Military Academy, but he walked into the building and, and kind of won that left tackle job early, you know, his career at Virginia Tech. He's 6045, so he's a little over 6'4, 315 pounds. And he's got that broad, thick build, really, really thick, almost kind of would somewhat look like more of a guard prototype build, but light feet, above average quickness. The 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 one kind of athletic skill set that sticks out for me about Darisaw is just that he has this really unique ability to absorb and anchor and, and kind of the scouting vernacular we like to attribute that to is something called core strength and, and core strength is really your ability to whatever position you're in whether you're your base your set your move you're sliding and and you get contact from another player he has ability to sit and not lose ground and also recover when maybe his body his body positioning or weight could be shifting to the right so i really really like that skill set at the tackle position because you're talking about protecting that on islands when you're getting guys running building up inertia and, and coming at you full speed and you got to be able to bite down on that power and Darisaw has that he's pretty good in the run game you know I think the thing with him is just going to be he's a little tight crotched and what do I mean by that it's that's that's the hip mobility is his hip mobility isn't as fluid you know as the other two I alluded to and the hip that really hurts your change of direction your reactive change of direction but but the length the size the light feet, I think he projects as a, as, a, as a left tackle. I do think he could definitely slide over and play right, and he's got the build to play guard. So with him, you're buying into the traits, you know. He's done it. Can he grow? Because there's some stuff he's got to clean up, you know, definitely uh, some of the angles, some of his hands, and, and really the biggest question that you're going to hear probably leading up to the draft is just the urgency. You know, there's, there's some backside plays. There's some times on tape where, you know, his motor's not running at full speed, you know, and can you get that consistency out of him at the NFL level? Because you need to be on your game when you're playing on Sunday. So that's going to be a question with him. But I love the traits and, and I like the tape. And, you know, I think he's got a good shot to be a left tackle in the NFL. I'll tell you what, there was one number that you didn't hit on that was a big number to me. And it's that number right there. And that's how many sacks that kid gave up in the ACC. And the ACC's got some pass rushes in it, as we're going to talk about when we start getting to the edge, guys. Okay, give me number four. Who you got sure. there, Zip? Number four was a guy that really uh, jumped out for me and uh, somebody that I really, really uh, kind of liked watching and as the games went through the process. And it's uh, Tevin Jenkins uh, out of Oklahoma State. So Tevin's a four-year player at Oklahoma State. He did take a redshirt year. And then as a redshirt freshman, he saw some playing time at guard and tackle, but kind of settled in uh, after his sophomore year as both a left and right tackle. And uh, he's 605 to 320. So he's got the frame, he's got the length, he's got the size. For me, kind of where I project him out is he's got very balanced right tackle traits. So what do I mean by that? I mean, 
In the passing game, he's got enough foot speed to cover up. He's got really strong hands to latch and match defensive ends, which is important. I mean, you're not left, right tackle. You need to be able to pass protect in the NFL. But I really thought he was more comfortable on the right side. And 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 the biggest kind of thing that jumps out to me is his skill set in the run game, and it's his demeanor. I mean, this is a nasty guy that gets a lot of movement. The the game that sticks out that fans need to watch is you need to put on that Texas game. And there's a couple plays, <laughs> pancake, pancake, pancake. But there's one play where how about the, how about it. the one where he drives a sire through the through the bench? I mean, Who? he drives the, the the guy's an NFL prospect, and he knocks him through the bench. No doubt, he takes him he takes him for a seat on the bench with some Gatorade. So, uh, you, the, why is Tevin not higher? Some might ask. It's just uh, it's going to be just some of the athletic traits and pass protection. But I'll tell you what, you want a guy like that on your team. I mean, he's obviously got some experience at guard, but I think he's, I think he might be one of the more ready guys to come in and play at right tackle, you know, and, and uh, I was excited about him. So I think he's a guy to watch and monitor kind of through this process how teams look at him. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think he's going to be an all pro all right tackle. I think he's got great, great demeanor, great temperament, the kind of temperament. He's a finisher. He, he doesn't want to block you. He wants that kind of guy, I think a lot of teams, and you're running a power running scheme and you need a right tackle. I think that's your guy right there. All right, who you got at five? Because this one, this one is a little bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, listen, th- th- this could be five A, B, C, D, E, and we're going to see through the processes. There's uh, so many different uh, skill sets, and there's going to be some guys that this could change. I mean, we're going to need to see some guys that could be. Uh, rising left tackle prospects that just we need to see a pro day we need to see how they're growing because they're really high-end developmental prospects but you know I went with something more safe and and I took the higher floor approach and I went with uh, Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan okay so Jalen is a two-year starter he was technically a mid-season opt-out so he played two games this year and uh, ended up getting hurt and then just decided to opt out Uh, played a full season as a starter in 2019 uh, and had some good tape. So he's, again, he's a solid right tackle. He's functional in the passing game. You know, he's got enough range. He's got strength. I mean, he has really limited exposure when you watch him in the passing game this year. So I know a lot of scouts are looking back to 2019 and he played some really big, big 10 competition, including chase down where he had a pretty good game. But again, he's another guy like Tevin where he shows up in the run game. I mean, he's powerful. He's got great pop out of his stance. He's moving guys on combos. He's looking to finish both at the first level and when he gets his hands on defenders in the second level. I really liked him in that power scheme, you know, where he was pulling in space and he take, took really good angles and, you know, finished on those smaller bodies, uh, you know, out in, out in the perimeter uh, run game. So uh, with Jalen, what you're buying into is you're buying into this. You're buying into a guy who's going to come in and he has the, all the physicality and, and the, the strength to be able to play right tackle. And the floor is high because I think teams are going to really dig into what he can do as a pass protector. And, you know, the, the floor is going to translate to he can slide in. And I think he's going to be a pretty good guard in the NFL at the very worst. But I think teams are looking at him as a right tackle. And I think they're going to go back to that 2019 tape, uh, watching him protect and watching him block guys like Chase Young and say, yeah, this is a guy I want to take a chance on. Again, another young player, a 2000 prospect that's played a year and two games of college football. I think I think that's critical with this kid because he doesn't have a lot of tape. He doesn't have a lot of high end tape. Uh, obviously, playing at Michigan, I think, is a plus. But for a 
for a team to develop a young kid, I think this kid, as you say, has not only a high floor, he's got an awful high ceiling too. He's got to get stronger. He's got to, you know, there are a lot of things he needs to work on, but I, I agree with you, Spence. I think he's a good player. Great job again, stacking our five offensive tackles. Next week we go inside even further, further from the from where the athletes live, down where the big nasties are, down where they get where it gets funky every down in the National Football League. The centers and guards and Spencer Zimmerman, our draft guru, will be here as we chop up the centers and guards in the NFL next week on Coffee with the Coach. Thank, great job, Spence. Looking forward to it. Take care.